Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I am your host, Casey DeFritis, and I am here with Zach Ryan. Janet Garcia. Hey. And Brian Altano. Hello. Our uh, wireless keyboard is not working right now, so I hope you guys enjoyed that close-up of Zach's face. Just in case anybody's ever wondered what's going on inside my nose, <laughs> now you know. Today we will be talking about uh, Nintendo's financial briefing and what we learned. It was pretty slim, but there's some st cool stuff to talk about. And our 
brief impressions of Zelda and Mario and Labo VR and a ton of other stuff. Uh, so, hey, Zach. Mm. This is your penultimate episode. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I've got two weeks left. Uh, my last day at IGN is May 10th, and I'm moving on. So next week, give us all of your questions for Question Block for Zach specifically. 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 A, a Zach-centric question. It's his, favorite, Zach it's his favorite game. But first, let's talk about the fi- Nintendo financial That's briefing. There's a... Huh? What? <laughs> I didn't say it. What? Penultimate always sounds like the ultimate penultimate. penultimate. Yeah, I, I, like, <laughs> it's it took me forever name. to figure out what the difference between actual ultimate and penultimate mu- meant. Yeah, yeah, but if like I, if, if for your last episode, if you were like, this is my ultimate episode, I'm like, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, and so yeah. it's like, I have some bad well, news. Be. I'm leaving. Every that's episode why, is the ultimate episode. That's true. That's why um, my favorite uh, Nintendo Wii game or Wii U game was uh, Super Smash Brothers Penultimate. That's uh, actually the game that came before Nintendo's yeah. <laughs> Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And is this... Was that the penultimate? N- new penultimate deluxe section <laughs> for the Switch. That sounds like a great game. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're going to miss Zach because what else would we do with whatever we just did for the last 40 seconds? Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> no, but Zach, we love you. We're super happy for you. And luckily you we get the key on the keyboard. We get another like, episode. Out the of episode it. wouldn't have started. If I did. I made That's sure. True. I was like, you're going to be here next week, right? So yep. we'll get to talk more about that. Next. Nice. So, hey, the Nintendo Financial Briefing came out on April 27th and it's basically... A meeting where Nintendo <laughs> tells their investors how their financial year went. Okay. And with it, they sometimes announce some interesting things. For example, we they confirmed that there will be a Nintendo Direct for E3. Yay! Yeah. But, All right. Like, we kind of already expected that. Yeah. And they also revealed that Breath of the Wild is now the best-selling, best-selling Zelda game in Japan ever. We already knew that for America, but that's new for Japan. And um, 3DS sales fell about 60%. Last year, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Who would have thought? Yeah. It's not like none of this is really all that surprising. Um, digital revenue for the Switch, including subscription revenue, jumped ninety five percent year over year to more than one billion, and digital sales rose seven point five percent. That's actually pretty small. I figured digital sales would be higher than that. Mm-hmm. I did year too. over year, especially okay. considering the launch of the Nintendo Switch online service and things like that. Like I thought, digital sales would see. A pretty marked increase, and seven point five percent is not huge. Yeah, I thought. I mean, if that happened every year, that would be seismic in terms of mm-hmm. decimating the physical media market. But I, I always thought that the switch of all systems is a good place to go digital because it's portable. Like yeah. it's inherently easier to carry something that has all your games on it than to have like this small compact purse full of <laughs> magical whimsical squares. Uh, but instead, people keep buying them. I, I've always said on this show that like Nintendo fans love. Physical. Collecting stuff and they mm-hmm. love physical games, and so I don't see that changing anytime soon. I'm terrified of losing Switch games. Just, just like actually losing the yeah, physical just Switch. Actually game? losing the physical Switch. Hmm. I had my Zelda cartridge inside of um, so I have a a case, a Switch case mm-hmm. with a little plastic case for mm-hmm. your Switch games, and that is not very secure inside of my Switch case, and it just kept falling out of okay. the Switch case when I opened it up. So I found that tiny little case for Switch games in a bag. That I hadn't looked in for like oh. months. I didn't even know that it was missing. Ugh. So and Zelda was in there. Yeah, and Zelda was in there. So it's like, what if I had like gone looking for Zelda and had no clue that this mm-hmm. had happened? Do you like how though. it's kind of like a throwback to like when you had a Game Boy as a kid and you oh. had like that Game Boy carrying case and you mm-hmm. had all those cartridges in it? Yeah. So I don't know. Something nice about having physical. I have that case on my desk, by the way. Nice. It's like a giant plastic Game Boy with a little handle on it. Yeah. It's basically a huge Game Boy purse. Yeah. I had um 
I lost my Pokemon Blue game, and I didn't even know because that was my secondary Pokemon game. And I had a camp counselor come up to me, and be like, "Casey, was this the same camp Pokemon? where they deleted all your files?" That was the same. Why camp. did you keep going to this camp? What a nightmare camp! Was this all in the same <laughs> summer? Stephen King's uh, camp. <laughs> it <laughs> might have been the same summer. I don't know. My concept of time when I was a little kid is not. For right. context, a kid deleted all of uh, Casey's what Pokemon save? Yeah, my yeah. Pokemon Red save when I had 107 Pokemon filled out in my Pokedex. Tragic. It was a very, very sad time. I got very sad. But um, digital sales on, on the yeah, rise. Yeah, digital sales on, on the, the rise. rise. No more losing stuff. No more kids stealing your games. You know, all 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 yes. above positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, was there anything that you guys found interesting from? financial reports uh i mean i like this next line here 17 mm-hmm. percent increase in profit for mobile games i think that's pretty wild mm-hmm. that's pretty that's a pretty big increase on mobile yeah well they got they came out so last year was dragalia lost mm-hmm. did an animal crossing and animal crossing mm-hmm. early in the year yet? yeah or was that 27 no that was no that was last year that just hit a year old basically yeah yeah and the year before that no the year yeah it was the year before that it was fire emblem heroes mm-hmm so they and have Mario Maker. <laughs> so they have and Mar- yeah. So they have a lot of games out there that are generating revenue, mm-hmm. um, and they're coming out with more games this year with a the Mario Kart for mobile. Yeah, which there is a like early access beta demo version for Android only. That's just like the cone of disappointment, just Aww. narrowing down. I don't have an Android phone, so I'm yeah, I don't about either. That, yeah, who does? No. A lot of people are going to be mad at that. A lot of people do. And they're specifically the kind of people that will let you know. John John Ryan just switched to an Android phone. Interesting. It's a little bit weird to see it be exclusive when it's not. Usually it comes to to iOS first and then Android. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, you're totally right. They've they've earned that. Uh, Mario Run came to iOS first. It was like announced at like a big Mm -hmm. iOS press conference. So they've they've earned that. Play play your Mario Kart early beta version. Sweet. And we won't. (laughs) So uh, Nintendo, one thing I thought was interesting was Nintendo Switch Online has 9.8 million accounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also considering... So I'm, are they counting all of the accounts in a family plan? Or they're oh, that's counting one family plan, Nintendo Online account is one? It's actually one guy with 9.8 million people in his family. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> Nintendo fans to do that. Just one big giant family, family, right? Family with 9.8 million guess, people? It, I would guess it would be individual even if it was in, within a family plan because yeah. that account is still attached to something so mm-hmm. the account still exists sure. um, i also found that really interesting and it'll be more interesting to see how that grows over time and if it grows especially in relation to its competitors like 9.8 million it, it does kind of sound like a lot but also there's like um it, back in january we reported that i think the switch was at 32 million um for like sales it's now up to i think 34 so if you break down the percentage wise that's mm-hmm. like what is that that's 28 percent of switch owners have nintendo online which is I don't know. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been kind of a rough go, I think, because there's not a lot of, like, reasons that you really want it if you're not just, like, doing... Of course, there's the cloud saves, which is definitely appealing. But for, like, the more casual market that might not be thinking about, like, oh, I want to make sure my save is there. They just might not have that thought process. Well, it's really just Smash. Mm-hmm. And um, I love Splatoon 2, so I had to get it for Splatoon 2. But it's been kind of um, not the most exciting rollout in terms of the... Um, the free like NES games. It's kind of just slowly picking up pace. I totally agree with that. It's it's also like in a weird spot because it's like 
just okay at a couple of things, but everyone's coming at from a different angle mm-hmm. to the point where you feel like you have to have it. Um, I use I usually use it for just like cloud saves and for uh, the NES games. Yes. So I don't really play a bunch of online stuff. Tetris. Tetris was yeah. dope. Tetris 99 was a really nice moment. But we're like, yeah, that, that was an awesome freebie. But we're mm-hmm. like a month and a half away from Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. don't know all of the online plans for that game. And that could be the kind of thing where... Uh, when Mario Maker came to 3DS, like you couldn't, it didn't really have that online infrastructure. Mm-hmm. But if they put this game out, and like the only way to download a bunch of new levels is by paying for online, um, which I don't believe they've explicitly stated yes or no if that's what you have to do, mm-hmm. that's going to be you, a huge reason to hold on to that. Yeah, you have to do that for Super Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you have to have an online subscription to be able to download other people's sure. um, yeah. mm-hmm. levels. levels. And, and I know stuff. you guys had a really awesome conversation about that with Brendan mm-hmm. the other week while I was gone. Not me. Not I you. Wasn't here. All right, just Brian. Just Brian mm-hmm. talking to himself in a room. How was that? About the it was levels. basically me just talking to myself yeah. in a room. Um, <laughs> no. no, about about the about the levels uh, through the app that you download. Like I actually hadn't even looked at that app and since like probably oh, yeah. Splatoon launched. Mm-hmm. And then I, I I looked back the other day and I was like, oh, they there's like another button here with Smash Brothers on it. You mm-hmm. can go and and sync levels and find them. Uh, the curation on them is like pretty much non-existent. Mm-hmm. Like it's like. It's like everything entirely around this ecosystem feels like a $20 a year product for better or worse. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of people's defense against it or for it is that it's cheap. Um, Mine is I would pay a little more for something a little bit better. Yeah. We do not have that option currently. So, but you know, uh, just under 10 million people are subscribed to this thing. So I do also wish the infrastructure was a little bit more streamlined. I feel like there's a lot of like clunkiness with Nintendo when, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to online, like with Xbox a lot. And granted, these are all things that have existed for way longer. And I get that, but like Xbox live, I know what I'm getting with that. Like game pass. I know what I'm getting. It's very clear. It's streamlined, but here, even the fact that there's like the Nintendo online phone app. And then there's also like, even, you know, the integration of which I know we're gonna talk about uh, Labo in a little bit, but like how you do it, it's not always like clear, like what's going on or like what you get. And then there's also, so those games were like they're online games but you don't actually need nintendo online so then that's gets kind of money muddy um so i think that's also been kind of a point of struggle when it comes to like rolling this out is like this is cool and this is what i get rather than this is cool because i need it and if i do not have it i don't get what i want right. rather than oh i get these extras so i kind of wish it felt a little bit more beneficial to the consumer rather than a necessary Thing. No, exactly. And, I, I, and like you kind of hinted at, at the exact same time, you have people like Epic and Fortnite being like, well, n- n- we're no, we're just going to do our thing. Yeah, which is cool for accessibility to more players, but it, it ends up getting a little bit confusing. Yeah. I think that like getting more stuff like, um, you know, Tetris 99 is going to be like a, a cool move. That would for be them. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if they're not going to overhaul their entire infrastructure for online, which like, to be honest, they probably won't. Yeah. No, like, I don't think hopefully so they just start throwing more stuff at us that isn't just like NES games and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, especially with Microsoft and Sony really leading the way with like games with gold. And I know like PlayStation Now just got a revamp. I didn't yep. really remember the details on that, but they're kind of pushing to try to make that something more appealing. And Nintendo's je- definitely behind when it comes to like free monthly games. I mean, Epic Game Store, you get a free game every month, mm-hmm. period. Like you don't have to sign up for anything. That's why I haven't installed. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I got Edith Finch for free. I have Slime Rancher for free. Like I would love to see Nintendo roll out a little bit more stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah, and then maybe, maybe just to get those numbers up. A plus version of Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it'll maybe launch alongside be, the new Switch. That might new be Nintendo really confusing Switch. though. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I should take that back. <laughs> That's true, but. <laughs> But um, in Nintendo's financial results briefing, uh, the president, Shintaro Furukawa, said to sump the sales status for Nintendo Switch itself, growth in hardware sales after the turn of the year has not peaked, but rather continues to pick up speed. And on that note, we also didn't hear anything about the rumored 
new hardware. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear anything about the new switches. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. But well, they, they, would usually sh- sa- they would usually save those types of announcements for something like Switch or their own Nintendo Direct. They had that weird quiet thing that was just sort of like, oh, we're not going to have any new hardware at E3. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of wiggle room in that in that phrasing. Um, mm-hmm. Also, that doesn't exclude them from making some mm-hmm. quiet announcement the week before E3 mm-hmm. or the week after, or at the treehouse for no reason. Yeah, it's like, or maybe they don't consider this new hardware. Maybe it's some new bundle or some mm-hmm. new like streamlined way to get people to play Switch again. True. Um, yeah, but either way, E3 is coming, and that's very yeah. exciting. I, I can't imagine why they would say anything about their hardware updates in a. Yeah, it's essentially a financial brief, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no ramifications to hardware that doesn't exist, or no ramifications from hardware that doesn't exist. And so it it seems like a non sequitur to be like, why didn't they talk about their hardware in this Mm -hmm. brief? Because it's not really a look forward thing. It's more of like, this is what we've done in the last year. Um, And the fact that they're not talking about hardware at E3 leads me to believe that we probably won't even get a hardware conversation until like the very end of the year mm-hmm. and there's already so much on for nintendo this year that they i don't think they really need to have that conversation yet no they don't yeah. and the second they make that announcement they essentially halt sales of of the current model right and right. with a, they have a huge summer coming up you know i mean that's already kind of started to happen even with just people in the office that are like i don't know like i think i'm gonna wait and see what comes up next I so think a lot of people are thinking that yeah we this show we get asked this question constantly but like people are like should i should i buy a switch now or should i wait for the hardware mm-hmm. revision and i'm like well one of them exists right this second you can mm-hmm. be playing it tonight um and the other one is rumors and hearsay yeah it's funny because yeah. we don't even know whatever way you answer the question it should also have like a definitely attached to it like you either definitely want to wait or if you know you're not gonna you don't want to like meddle around it or if that, yeah. or meander meddle's yeah. not a word meander about it because it sounded, like it sounded real I, it did I, if i sold it no one would have called me on it but mm-hmm. it's my yeah. favorite pokemon <laughs> yeah right meddle <laughs> yes the counterpart to is that a dude in wind waker yeah. too meddle yeah. Yeah. yeah he sells the items from the no, shop Beetle. no you're no, wrong. I think you're incorrect. Uh, exactly what's up with these slides that you got here? Yeah. Um, this is just um, some slides that they showed during the briefing, and it's just uh, first-party titles that are coming out this year, which includes um, Mario Maker 2, which is mm-hmm. coming out soon, a Fire Emblem and Astral Chain for summer, a Pokemon Sword and Shield for winter, and then unannounced for 2019, uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, Animal Crossing, and Zelda Link's Awakening. It's funny that that's that. still listed as spring for Mario Maker, because didn't they say that it was coming June 28th? Yeah, yeah. that's not spring. And it, the same thing Sword and Shield, they say winter, but well, is, that, I guess is that fiscal spring? Fiscal spring, oh. it's like quarter two, yeah, yeah, April, May, June. That makes sense. Well, quarters might have been better June for is the briefing, but incredibly hot and definitely summer in places like Florida. That is so they also have they also have Luigi's Mansion three, Animal Crossing, and Link's Awakening under a tab that just says twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But given where the rest of these games are, you know, Pokemon in the winter, Fire Emblem and Astral Chain during the summer, where do you guys think that these games land? I would love to see Zelda in September and I would love to see Animal Crossing in October or November. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be I think Zelda's gonna come at the end of the summer and I think Luigi's Mansion is going to come in October and tie into Halloween. Mm-hmm, of course. And I think Animal Crossing is going to be there big, like November, December, mm-hmm. like late, like Smash was. Are what, they going to do the same thing last year? where they compete with each other with Animal Crossing and Pokemon? Well, yeah, this, I think this, that's Pokemon like that's kind of why Zach and I hopefully uh, just space those games out enough so that we can play them in yeah. our minds. Because it's like that, that happened last year where Smash came out and I was super into Pokemon for the first time in history and mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. cannibalized all of my my Switch time. But you did already buy it, so it doesn't matter. That's true. They do not care that i stop playing that game. 
Well, guys, this is a scene from the Nintendo uh, conference room. It looks like Brian bought both games, but only played two hours of Pokemon. <laughs> no, that Actually, never happened. No, I think okay. Pokemon's like uh, ended up being my fifth or sixth most played Switch game. Good for you. Which is great. Way to go. Yeah. But nice work. It, but then it stopped. <laughs> nice and game. I don't know what to do when I go back. I went back recently. Send all of like, your congratulation <laughs> letters and money to uh, Brian Altano That's right. at... Uh, IGN.org. Sure, send me your money. I never, yeah, that'll I, go well. <laughs> I never know truly how many hours I've put into Smash because I play that game on so many different right. levels. I right. bet I'll be willing to wager more than six hours. Oh, yeah. You know, I can, I'll can. i wager everyone $2,000. Bet wow. me. It's more than Just six hours. Just drop a bank on this podcast. Yeah. Let me know. So, but we have been able to play a game that came out last week. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the Labo VR update have for Zelda we, and Mario. Have I we mean, been able to Brian, play it? Right? Yeah. No? Played it? Yeah, that, no. was a, that face. What was that? Well, no, so <laughs> I, I, I... I survived it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, bought, I bought the $40 Labo VR kit because mm-hmm. um, I love VR, but also sort of out of morbid curiosity how this thing was going to interact with Zelda. Um, building the Labo itself, fun, super easy, took like 30 minutes. Zach and I actually did it in a in an unboxing video with a time lapse and everything. So I've done it twice now. It's, it's a super fun build. It's really endearing and, you know, very classic Nintendo. Zelda... Breath of the Wild VR. It is d- bad. It's bad. Yeah. Woof. Well, Terrible. Yeah, it's stra- yeah, we have notes here and all it says is bad woof. It it doesn't uh. it doesn't feel like something that that Nintendo would do. It's like worse it's, than I expected. And I already had my expectations really low. Yeah. So. Um so I would say that like it, first off, it's the it's the entire game. Mm-hmm. It comes in a free update. Uh, you basically just put your you detach your Joy Cons, put the Labo into or put the the Switch screen into your Labo VR, reattach the Joy Cons, so you're holding on to the mm-hmm. side of your head like your face is a steering wheel, and then you go into the settings and you turn on VR mode, which is now a new setting in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And from there, I suggest you immediately turn off motion controls. Immediately, which is like inherently something you probably kept on the entire time while you played Breath of the Wild. Turn them off. Um, Then you are basically greeted with Link in Hyrule. And for a second there, you're like, this is really interesting because it's got that sort of diorama effect where he looks tiny. But then you start moving the camera around a little bit and you realize that this is not a game that was built or optimized for VR. Uh, And so you sort of feel like this kind of wobbly Lakitu filming the entire game, but it's not in sort of like a, a moss or a, a wayward skies sort mm-hmm. of, you know, looking down on like this world that's, that's existing already. I feel like there was a way to do that, but it would have fundamentally changed the way Breath of the Wild plays. It mm-hmm. adds literally nothing and, and takes away when from one of the best games of all time when you're in VR mode. Like, yeah. it, the, the idea that the you hardest. can play you can play it with the motion control turned off just means that it's closer to your face and looks bigger. Mm-hmm. It le- adds nothing. It makes that game look like worse. I almost said a swear, I'm sorry. It makes the game look worse, and then if you play it in VR with the motion controls on, it essentially turns your head into the right stick. Yeah. So like, you can push Link forward and look around, and you can direct Link with the, your, your view, but it makes you... F- ill like it it's, made me sick it's like, it's like almost immediately disorienting and to the point yeah. where it's like we i was like i've, I've had my sea my sea legs for vr for years now this shouldn't be too hard i immediately got like oh and i started yeah, passing like it around half the office. an hour after i played mm-hmm. it i played it for probably 10 minutes yeah and i was sick for like a half an hour after yeah. like it was awful yeah i had planned to play it play it for like 30 minutes just to get a feel but like 10 minutes in i was like i don't need to play any more of this to know mm-hmm. that it is bad plus you have to hold it yeah. to your so face it's, like 
Who yeah, wants to play a game blurry. like this? Yeah, yeah it, like if you want really big traps, yeah, you play games like this That's all true. the time. It's super blurry. Um, That's period. It looks works, blurry. Um, another weird thing about it um, is that it kind of has like this. It's almost as if you're looking through a lens when you look into it, which I know might sound obvious when you're looking through goggles, but like literally it's not like when you put on like any other VR headset, it's like, okay, it's just like the screen's everything you see, but here it's actually not the case. There's like a slight kind of circle. It's like a vignette. Yeah, it's like a vignette. That's a great way to say it. it. And what that does specifically for gameplay purposes Mm -hmm. is it makes it so you can't see your hearts which are the upper left corner of the screen, yeah. without like really squinting and looking around for it. If you ever want to know what it's like to not be able to like see fully, like you're not a glasses wearer, try mm-hmm. this, and I think it'll give you a little bit of a sense. Because literally, when you hit pause, you can't read the text. It's yeah, like a little terrible. blurry. Um, well, the the resolution takes a hit because this is already. I mean, Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild is a very beautiful game, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also it's it's. It's a it's a launch game for Switch, mm-hmm. and the Switch is not the most it was powerful made hardware for the in the Wii world. U. It's made for the Wii U. Um, so there's already this sort of like shimmer to the blades of grass and the trees. Where mm-hmm. sometimes when you're playing that game, you're looking in the distance and you're like, "Is that a bad guy or is that a river? <laughs> what is that?" <laughs> and you get up closer, and it makes sense. This game uh, basically cuts the resolution in half in VR, and I, I you like sh- I straight up couldn't see what was happening 15 feet in front of me, and not like. It's blind, but you you actually can't tell the details of what's. It's going also on. so hard to control, so hard to control because mm-hmm. you know, like everyone's pointed out, like you slide it through the um. What is, what is the name for the goggles even? Just the I think just the, the Labo VR, kit, right? Yeah, like, Labo just VR, the Labo VR, VR goggles. You like you slide that through, and like you have to hold the switch to your face, and also it's and I, I have small hands actually, but it's highly uncomfortable to yeah. even just hold in general, mm-hmm. um, let alone the the arm like situation of having to lift it. Now you can. Like lean into, like I leaned into my desk and just had it on my face so I could have my elbows on the table at least. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I saw yeah. our our buddies over at Game Explained mm-hmm. this video where they were like, because I, I was like looking up, like, am I crazy? Do, does anyone like this? And like some people do. Some people are actually like Game Explained actually said, oh, I like I I, I want to keep playing the game like this. And I was like, well, power to you. But they were doing a thing where like they were basically like you either put your elbows on mm-hmm. on your armrests in your chair or you put them on the table, and hold up. I just it I don't think that this is like. I think it's like a novelty and I, it doesn't feel like something that like that they would do. It, I think that yeah. like playing some of the mini games that ship with Labo VR, I was like, this is really special. This is Nintendo's take on VR. Yeah. This is really unique. I played the, um, I talked about it a few weeks ago, but the one with the bazooka gun mm-hmm. is like so like just definitive Nintendo. It's weird and interesting. And then you get to this thing and it just uh, does not work for me. And honestly, it felt like an ergonomic nightmare tech demo. Yeah. It just didn't. It just seems like it's something that maybe they put, yeah, like put together as just to ex- display what it could do, and then mm-hmm. thought like, why not just it's like a rude it? game challenge? <laughs> like, there's no reason to play the game this way. Yeah, it add, yeah. Like I think Zach said it really well. It adds nothing. It just detracts. Like it doesn't look good. It's not immersive. It's not comfortable to hold. Um, it's it makes me forget how to play games like i swear like i'm, whole, I'm like it's how, true what do janet, what am i doing janet played for about 10 minutes last week and now she hasn't been able to play any <laughs> yeah games. no she i actually don't play all games I, it's all games it just the whole memory everything didn't well have you'll fit there. in right uh, great right here at ig <laughs> oh my god but <laughs> no. no like i literally like couldn't 
it's so like I mean it always it takes me getting used to any new controller, but it makes the controller feel new and yeah. foreign in a really negative way because it's just so split up. It's like it's like freehanding the Joy-Con, but they're actually still attached. So it's like also it's just all negative. I'm assuming we all played like around the same area where it's mostly just a big field Starting and it's calm, area, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we haven't done big boss yeah. fights. Yeah, I killed fought, one like, enemy just to see what it was like. I was like, yeah. this is too. That's it. Because that that is a game that gets like Do you have pretty. Start it over in VR, or is it just no, a... so no, no, no? And, just, yeah, just and actually, like a quick clarification because it is a little confusing on how to do it. Um, you can also just Google it. And IGN actually, um, we have like how to use like Zelda in VR, mm-hmm. but you actually don't want to put it into the, the goggles right away because you won't be able to see anything. You have to do it outside of that to like, or else everything will just be very blurry. And you go to options and then that's like where the, the settings that Brian was talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you click like VR goggles and then yes, it's recommended by a lot of different outlets, ourselves included, and just you know colloquially to turn off motion controls yeah. in that setting. And then at that point, you put it into the goggles and then you can play. And similar for Mario Odyssey, like you don't want to put it into the goggles until it's like, Put it into the goggles now because if you do it before, you will not be able to see anything. Yeah, and so that's inherently like a Labo VR wide mm-hmm. problem that is distant from something you would get from like Oculus yes. or PSVR because those are like system based things where the systems are communicating with each other. And your PS4 knows when you're playing PSVR. It's just like, oh, you're mm-hmm. doing that right now? Cool. We're going to set that up for you. Right. Labo VR is basically just like a, a sunglasses that you put on your Switch. Mm-hmm. Your Switch has no idea that it's actually okay, happening. Okay, but. Think about how cool your switch would look. That would be super <laughs> cool, um, and probably less nauseous. Uh, so you, to, there's a lot of like finagling with like sliding the switch in mm-hmm. and out, telling it to get out of VR mode. If you hit the home button during this to like be like, I'm done, I can't do it. Warning signs pop, start popping up. You have to take off the Joy Cons, pull the thing out, touch the touch screen, close out the game. Like there's a lot of very cumbersome ins and outs when it mm-hmm. comes to just even using mm-hmm. this thing on a basic level. So hey, so basic consensus consensus for Zelda is. Labo VR for Zelda is bad, but what mm-hmm. about Mario? Um, I still think Mario's not, it's not great. It's definitely not good, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's better. Yeah, it's still, it still might be bad, but it would, like, I guess we were scoring it would score higher. Mario, <laughs> Mario is more like kind of like an Astrobot thing, right? Where you're looking in at Mario as he, like, moves yeah. around his levels. Yeah, a little more. I feel like what's kind of, which this sounds like so negative, but honestly, it's just bad. I'm not going to pretend like it's not. Um, Mario's problems are more interesting. Like, I feel like there's just more interesting things to talk about with, like, the Mario, like, like VR, like, feature. Rather than Breath of the Wild, it's just, like, they just tried to make it in VR, like, the game regularly. Yeah. But at least with Mario VR, it's designed with Labo in mind. So one thing that was cool about it, because I don't have a lot of positive things to say, but one thing I liked about it is they did make occasional, like, little set pieces where, like, okay, you would, like, slingshot yourself towards the camera so then you see, like, Mario from down below. And those were really, like interesting moments that were like super fun yeah um but yeah generally you're just kind of like looking and you can like move around and kind of see the kind of whole area and the whole like the way it's divided it, you have like multiple levels on cascade kingdom um the um or cap kingdom cap yeah cascade kingdom like the c1 and then the um the cap the first one yeah the one with all the hits yeah yeah i forgot the name for that one and then there's luncheon kingdom luncheon kingdom as well so you have those three and you're trying to find (laughs) hot town yes uh the official name but you're trying to find um these different instruments to give to the musicians so instead of you got a moon it's you got a musician when you like give them the instrument um and if you give the mic to that one fish, she sings the whole time, and it's super annoying. Yep. Um, so that's basically what it is, and you're just kind of working around the level trying to find these things. Um, and they appear from like getting all the music notes when you like cue them up to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basically it. It's over pretty quickly, um, which is fine. 
And one thing that was interesting is I didn't play for that long, but it told me, hey, are you tired? Do you want to take a break? At least three to four times. And I was tired, but I didn't take a break because I wanted to finish it before I left yesterday. You can also like view, there's like cutscenes and stuff that you can view. Yeah, the opening and the ending. Yeah, and it's really, it's cute. Like it's cool to be able to do that in VR. I think that's like a totally novel thing. That's really all I was was expecting from some of this stuff. So for Mario to do a little more than that is awesome. You can also zoom in to like see better but you don't really see better like you, you do get so zoomed pixelated. in but yeah it's super pixelated like if mario goes too far away you like can't see anything the depth perception is a little bit um off um or a little bit hard to like get a grasp of um but yeah it was not as like blurry as like breath of the wild so hmm. don't get a labo vr kit for these two experiences yeah because yeah not which the I, I almost wonder if they knew that and that's why they didn't release yeah. it at the same time like when yeah, you review labo you don't mm-hmm. want to review this aspect because it, it seems like this is by far the oh. the worst aspect it's, of it's this like kit. just because yes. yeah it's a why not just because yeah. i also i want to go back and play those games again without vr yes because we should have the option to do well yeah, yeah. I, definitely <laughs> <laughs> no but i because i feel like i don't want my last impression to be with those two amazing oh. games to be oh no i mean you can even like there's a you can turn off the vr for the mario vr thing Mm -hmm. i didn't try that actually i wanted to just to see what it was but i forgot to to oh interesting because it's like to make it kids safe like do you want to play this without the vr um so so you can just play those levels i think you can i didn't actually try so don't quote me on it but it seems like there's a way that you can heavily modify the vr or remove the vr and still have those experiences interesting yeah i was worried that would be like the only way Mm -hmm. to play what's essentially like super mario odyssey dlc for the first time yeah Sweet. So, some news. Um, Brian. Hello. You got to play Bloodstained Ritual of the Night at PAX East. I did. Okay, and you said it was not good. I did not like what I played. Okay. This is a so, negative Well, path. 505 Games said that Bloodstained Ritual of the Night demo at PAX East suffered from overheating because they contained the switches in boxes to keep them secure, and that is why the game suffered from frame drops. Yeah, that's not why I didn't like it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't like it because it's like, I thought it was like uh, a very sort of uh, not good looking game. Mm. Yeah. And it wasn't Nothing just frame drops. It was just, I think like artistically, it was not a good mm. looking Yeah. It's mm. got a weird art style. It's like, hey, everybody, remember Symphony of the Night? Mm-hmm. What if it was less detailed yeah. and also in 3D? And had more boob. And you're uh, like, mm. Just one, huh? That seems odd. Yeah. <laughs> it's odd. Like, it's just sort of like. I don't want to say it's ugly because a lot of people worked on it. I just don't think that it's something that's like appealing for me as like a vintage Castlevania fan mm. to come into something like this and play, uh, play a game that's just like it. It doesn't hit the same notes for me as something like I don't know Area of Sorrow, which is like one of the most gorgeous pixel art games ever made. Um, a lot of the GBA Castlevanias and DS Castlevanias are like stunning video games, mm-hmm. and this one's just fine. Yeah, it's just fine. Uh, I. Like, I don't know. I think if I'm going to play this game, I won't play it on Switch. Hmm. I'll play it on PS4. But even, I mean, that's not going to change the art direction. No, it's not. It's not. It'll change the resolution. But it's, Oh, actually, I did hear that the PS4 version has two boobs. They though. do. Yeah. I, that's true. Yeah. That's true. PC has three. That's Whoa! Oh. Total Recall Edition. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that's good news about the frame drops. Um, not it's, Currently it's not, not my issue with the game. It won't be broken. But that's, also, yeah. like... Maybe. I mean, to 505's credit... Like, that very well could be the case. Like, mm-hmm. maybe they did have that demo unit too packed up and it was overheating and the frame drops were happening. But also, like, it just sounds like a cop-out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, well, actually, our game played poorly because of somebody else's fault, not ours. Like, Well, we heard a bunch of stuff at I would so much rather. Was- I would so much rather them have just, like, 
put that game out and let there not be frame drops and people's switches that aren't overheating. But I guess like the press probably covered it. I, I didn't read any of the previews coming out of PAX for Bloodstained. Um, so I I'm read, assuming that this was probably brought yeah, up multiple times. It was. I okay. read quite a few reports that people, even just players that were just there at PAX East just playing it were right. having problems. Well, there were also, there were two. Bummer. I was were, really looking forward to that. There were two builds at PAX. And one of them was uh, allegedly like way ahead of the other. Don't do it. <laughs> and I know where you're going. Don't do it. I'm going to miss you. Okay. Um, but uh, he's making a boob joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> walked right into that. Don't walk right into that. Oh, f- f- screw you. <laughs> Get out of here. Just quit. No. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Getting real and <laughs> over here. Um, no, so there were two builds at PAX, and one of them was uh, allegedly like a little further along in development and had some different areas. How weird. Yeah. So, That's who knows? So when the hell is that game coming out? No one knows. <laughs> so, if you're watching this right now, uh, you're seeing the trailer that dropped the morning after we recorded this, after we spent about five minutes talking about how bad Bloodstained Ritual of the Night uh, looks. As, as is becoming ritual on NVC, um, we're coming to you from the future to amend a statement that we made the previous day. <laughs> no, um, so, up until this point, We've only seen Bloodstained in a preview capacity and have not heard anything about a release date. Mm-hmm. And uh, true to form, we spent a good, fair amount of time bashing it yesterday, saying that the art style was bad and saying that we thought we would never get a release date. And then lo and behold, this morning, um, 505 Games put out an absolutely insane trailer, which you're watching now, that takes like sort of the um, Honest Game trailer's approach and shows a bunch of like tweets saying how bad the game looks. And then cuts to Igarashi throwing a glass of wine and saying, I'll prove them wrong, which kind of mirrors the game's announcement, if you remember from, uh, I don't know, what was that, like 1986 when this game was announced? Um, But, yeah, so he does this, like, side-by-side in this trailer where they compare the new art style to the old style, and it looks so much better. It's so much brighter. Um, the character design looks like it got an overhaul. A lot of the enemy designs are more detailed. A lot of the stuff that Brian was saying he specifically didn't, dig is much improved in this version so um that's exciting yeah, it looks great um yeah. it's coming out june 20 june 18th but june 25th for the switch that's right yeah so um once again uh, we <laughs> apologize if we've led you astray but we hope these little like future glimpses can be sort of a make good on the stuff that that is either unannounced or you know something along those lines yeah and now back to the past Hey, uh, we had a surprise announcement of a new Pokemon app, which I was incredibly excited for to read. It's my first thing on my phone this morning, and then I download it, and then I am not so excited for it anymore. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> um, it's a lot this week. <laughs> but um, it's called Pokemon Pass, and it's not that interactive. It is an app that you can download that will then tell you when there are Pokemon promotions going on at stores nearby. So it's like, for example, if you go to a Target between um, May 11th and June 23rd, you can get a shiny Pikachu for your Let's Go Eevee game and a shiny Eevee for Let's Go Pikachu game. Don't get me started. I'm very pissed about that. What? Um, But uh, it'll just tell you that that's available and you have to have the app to be able to scan a QR code at the store and Mm -hmm. then that will give you a code for the special Pokemon. Got it. When you go into the store, like, where do you, like, 
It'll direct you. you. It'll give you directions. Sounds like the Nintendo Switch app of Pokemon apps. Yeah. 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 So instead of going to the store to and asking like. for a piece of paper with a code mm-hmm. on it, you will walk into the store and scan a QR code. And now I know a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, well, now people can just share the QR code and I can just scan it from anywhere. But uh, the app only works when you have um, the geolocation on the okay. GPS. So it has to register that you're inside of the target for it to work. Could you trick your phone to let it? You think probably that could. It'll probably will. I'm sure people will. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure people will figure it out. I'm not going to bother. And if they didn't (laughs) figure it out, you just told them how to do it. That's right. That's a good cheat code. Usually I I charge money for those. Um, It also lets you unlock um, like photo stickers. Yeah. Like um, for the same thing around the same time where you go and get those shiny Pikachu and Eevee, you can go and unlock Detective Pikachu stickers to put on your pictures that you take inside of the app. Can't wait. You can share. Yep. That's it. That's all it is. There's no other interaction in that app. And I'm sad about it. So is this just an app to facilitate something that was? I'm not. I haven't really been keeping up with Pokemon Go. Is this facilitating it's something not that was Pokemon already? Go. Oh, okay. It's just. An oh, app. just from the. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, this was for Pokemon Let's Go. I mean, oh, it might right. be. A, there might be Pokemon Go connectivity in the future, but right now it just looks like it's for event Pokemon. Okay. You'll probably need a, a separate app for. Pokemon yeah. Go. Well, it's kind of interesting that then they're pushing kind of more of that like real life component mm-hmm. with that game mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense for what that game was branded mm-hmm. as but, but with none of the social interaction because it's basically just like ge- <laughs> geolocating yeah how weird i mean they've had like go to a target they had a, a charizard event at a target last year and, like you just go there and get a code mm-hmm. or um pokemon ultra sun and ultra moon so hmm. i don't know these events have been happening now you need an app to do it that must be so fun for people that work at Target that have no idea what a Charizard oh my God. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, 300 people show up on their phones like, guys, I have Charizard? Like, like I don't know. I can about? almost guarantee you that 300 people did not show up for a Charizard sticker or something. <laughs> they no, might. A, a free Charizard inside a free of Charizard. your... There's a lot of Andrew Goldfarbs in the world. There's only one, and I miss him dearly. <laughs> I do, too. But uh, we have other games out this week that are we are decidedly more excited for. True. Mm-hmm. Including Final Fantasy XII. Yeah. This is my favorite yeah. Final Fantasy game. It's great. Came out how, April 30th for 49.99. How many of these re-released Final Fantasy games on Switch have you purchased? All two. Of them? No, two out nine of nine and 12. Two out of three? Uh, two out of one, two... Yes, three. Okay. So, so would you skip seven? No, no. Two out of four, because I skipped seven and I skipped ten and ten, too. So two out of five, technically. Two out of five and five. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Final Fantasy 12 is... Uh, probably it's like top five favorite games of all time for me but it's definitely my favorite final fantasy but it's this funny game because it's really divisive um some final fantasy fans love it like myself some final fantasy fans hate it because they feel like it's a little too the people's biggest complaint is that oh the game plays itself right because it implemented a system called gambits where you basically create a bunch of if then scripting for all of your characters so if a character is poisoned this other character casts antidote. Mm-hmm. If a character is attacking you, this character attacks them back. If a character is casting shield, you cast dispel, right? And so it's kind of like a puzzle in that you can spend an hour tweaking your gambits before you go into a dungeon or a boss fight. And if you've done it correctly, you don't have to touch the controller. You can just watch and make sure that your characters are like fighting correctly and then jump in and heal if you need to or whatever. It's brilliant. It's amazing. Um, it also has like such an incredible story and it's kind of this like pseudo sequel to one of my favorite games, uh, Vagrant Story. Uh, it is 50 bucks though, which is nuts because it's 20 version though, right? Yeah. And it has like, you can do things. This game has like quality of life improvements. Like you can play two times or four times as fast, which is great because, um, the areas in Final Fantasy 12 are 
huge. They're enormous. And they're very like labyrinthian in the way that they're spread out. They have multiple exits that lead to different parts. So it does two things in this game that are really cool. You can increase your walk speed by two or by four. And by two is great. By four, like you can barely control your character. It's ridiculous. He's just running around out there like this. Um, and then it also allows you to overlay the area map on the screen because the, the actual map in the game is bad, but the area map shows you all of the exits and where you are. So you can just navigate that way much easier. I got through what would probably have taken me three to four hours last night. I got through it in like half the time. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. it's awesome. It's great. Um, Did they say why this one is so expensive? The, the, everybody's talking about the Nintendo tax. Like it's yeah. coming to Nintendo Switch and they, they basically mark it as a brand new game, which fine, whatever. But it is crazy that it's, I think it's 20 bucks on PS4. Yeah, that, and, that stings, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That stings. It's like I think it's totally worth the price of admission if you have never played it before. But even I had a hard time swallowing like but, yeah, fifty if, bucks. If you mm-hmm. have both a PlayStation and a Nintendo Switch, I mean, like, is it worth the? Portability? I think it's. I, it I think it's, I personally think it's totally worth the portability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really more. Of, it depends on your playstyle. Yeah. 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 I think for a lot of Switch owners, it totally is worth it. I think also like. The Switch is so fun that I just like want to play stuff on it just to yep. play it. Like every time I think about like, oh, I want to pick up a new game or play something that I haven't played. Like I have an Xbox, I have access to a PS4 at work, but I'm like, or I could just play it on Switch, even yeah. if I have to pay for it. Well, and it looks, like, it looks know? gorgeous. Like it, it, it's a really cool remaster. Mm-hmm. They've also added a bunch of stuff from the international version from PlayStation Two, so you can further customize your characters and you know give them different classes and stuff. It's 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 an amazing amazing game that. It's one of those games that when it came out, it was sort of uh, not. It was well received by critics, but not necessarily like fans thought it was great. But it's been looked back on much more fondly in the decade since it came out. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it completely changed Final Fantasy mechanics. It was totally yeah, different. totally, yeah, really, really different. So some people didn't like that. But also, good. the main character sucks. But outside of that, it's fine. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, have you guys gotten a chance to play Tabletop Racing World Tour Nitro Edition? No, not yet. Oh. Okay, it came out from May. It came out May first for twenty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! All right. Well, I I checked it out last night. So nice. But okay. um, it's like a like a basic Mario Kart. Is it good? Do you like it? <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. Nice. Cool. Glad we included it on this list <laughs> yep, of cool sorry. stuff. But I mean, I'm I just I played it, but so but I haven't played a lot of other games on this list. You know, it's actually a lot of like kind of fun yeah. r- obscure racing games on Switch that yeah, people aren't really touching. Like um, Fast RMX, like was so dope. It I came love out that like game. yeah, as soon as like when the Switch came out, like I got that. Um, there's a game called I might be messing up the name. I think it's called like Riptide Renegade. It's super cheap, and you're just like on like jet skis, and it's it's like a lot of fun. That so, was that was one of those games where I played like two hours of it, and I was like, hey. I'm playing a mobile game. Oh yeah! And I'm like, I'm like I, I was having too much fun to notice. Um, it was it's it's the closest thing to Wave Race on Switch, yeah. basically. So another game that's coming out is um, the Swords of Ditto: uh, Mormo's Curse. So Swords of Ditto has been out on PC and PS4 mm-hmm. for a while now, but now it's coming out with the full game plus the DLC Mormo's Curse together for yeah. the Switch. I have cool. not played this edition, but. Uh, Swords of Ditto is a fun little like. Yeah. Uh, it's like Zelda, right? It's like a rogue like, yeah, randomly generated esque Zelda where you play generations of the same character. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I like Swords of Ditto quite a bit. And also coming out this week is um, Valhalla. It's spelled weird. <laughs> so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's um, VA 11 space mm-hmm. Hall A. 
And then the subtitle is Cyberpunk Bartender Action. Coming out on May 2nd for uh, $14.99. It originally came out in 2016 for the PC. So this version for the Switch comes with a bunch of other things as well, including the prologue. And um, the description on the website, which is waifubartending.com, oh boy. is uh, is a boozem up about waifu's technology and post-dystopia life. What is waifu technology? I've been wondering. <laughs> so they actually have a disclaimer in the FAQ at the bottom of the page. It says there's actually there's no romance and no dating in this game. They just put waifus in it to try and attract people to it. Yeah, that's kind of weird because I, I have seen some of the, like, the promotional stuff in this game. It's definitely not like you know a sexy game or something. No. It's not marketed that way at all. It's How just, many like, husbandos are in there? I didn't see any. You're just playing as a, a lady bartender talking to other like yeah, and I think cyberpunk um, ladies in a dystopian yeah, world. Yeah, and you get to like learn how to make like certain drinks and that's yeah. like based on like you kind of can get to know someone like through the drinks you serve them and stuff. Like it seems kind of interesting. Yeah, okay. I think it seems super interesting. I, I would if I was them I would have led with the cyberpunk bartender title. Oh yeah, definitely. Gone with oh, yeah. that, that and is. just be like you can make you can make this is you can learn how to make cocktails yeah. in a cyberpunk but dystopian. Game names are hard. Oh, I'm all in. Cool people. Who can forget, you know? So like, it's called it's called Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. It's called that because that's what the name of the bar. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. it seems cool. Yeah. It seems interesting. I think it seems interesting as well. And if you are also interested, um, we are giving away two copies um, of this game, one on May 2nd and another on May 3rd as part of our daily win. So just go to IGN.com on either of those days and you can get a chance to win. You have to click on the webpage, the actual article, and enter. And the you can win all these waifus. Yeah, win the waifus. Um, we're also giving away NBA 2K Playgrounds 2 um, up for daily win on May 6th. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. So, what have you been playing? Uh, I, at the aforementioned Final Fantasy XII, uh, I've been playing, I played a couple hours of that last night, and I'm planning on seeing that one through, because it's been years since I played it. Um, I also got really back into Super Smash Bros. Ultimate in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. thanks to the 3.0 Joker. update. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Joker. Um, I started doing the spirit board stuff, which I didn't even touch. Like, my experience with Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy, with Super Smash Bros. was like, I started World of Light, and then decided that a faster way to unlock the characters was to play through the uh, uh, arcade mode. Mm -hmm. Correct. Classic mode. So I unlocked all the characters in classic mode, and then I started playing online and just fighting people, and then I totally dropped off. Right. Um, So I started doing like spirit board stuff and realized how fun those challenges were, and then I was like, oh, I should just go back in and play World of Light. So I've been playing through World of Light, and it is awesome. It's so cool. It's like a little RPG with all these little dungeons. I had no idea. I totally missed out on that. So Also, when when you think it's over... It's not. It's not. Oh, I know. There There's, are like multiple. Oh isn't it like thirty hours long? Oh, dude! Crazy. Like, I think it longer. took me. It's, it, 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 I think it took me thirty hours just to get through like the first half of that. I yeah. sort of just like slowly pecked away at it, and that's, then there's like this turning point where you're like, "I beat it," and then like the switch is over, and you're like, "The dark town." That's kind of <laughs> the like, dark world over it. And that's kind of like, like my plan going. too. Oh, I, I already knew that. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you work at IGN. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I want to kind of peck away at it for a while and it's really nice to just have a game that you can pick up and play like oh four or five fights and then yep. go and do something else mm-hmm. like it's perfect for my bus ride into the office it's like half an hour it's like great that's like six or seven you, fights that mm-hmm. i can get out play that in handheld mode it's really difficult because i play on my pro controller at home yeah and i can play as a few different characters at home when i'm playing on my pro controller but when i'm playing uh handheld mode i can only play as young link oh, you gotta get man. that satisfied yeah. grip yeah, the, maybe. One, the one that holds the screen it's not, above to the... me it's not no, no I haven't used that one yet. the satisfied grip yeah. Yeah. snaps your, your switch and 
basically angles your hands differently instead mm-hmm. of like this it angles them yeah. out okay. but the issue for me isn't necessarily the the angle of my hands it's the size of the buttons like the buttons on the yeah. switch face are yeah. so mm-hmm. small yep. um and are so close together um uh, outside of that i've been playing ding dong xl which is great Same. And uh, still playing through SteamWorld Quest, although I think I'm kind of slowing down on SteamWorld Quest. I thought this was Dragon's Dogma, the, the, that thing in there. No. Dragon's Dogma XL. Um, I really like SteamWorld Quest's characters, and I think the battle system is really clever. I'm finding it a little uh, a little inaccessible for for folks that aren't like super well-versed in card battlers. Mm-hmm. And... So like I I don't really know what I'm doing wrong when I'm like balancing my decks and I fought the same boss over and over right. and over and keep dying and like trying all these different combinations and none of them work but then also maybe I just suck at games so no yeah uh yeah that's what I've been playing I don't know what about you Janet what have you been playing I have been playing uh, Picross um, S three pair would be so proud I know pair same here yes it. yeah the peer pressure pair pressure yes. pair mm-hmm. pressure we call um, it here yes I made that joke a few days ago and I still think it's funny I still um know. yes um but yeah I finally tried that out my first time playing Pit Cross I like it a lot it did um it's funny because their tutorial is really great because their tutorial is perfect for people that are like I don't want to do the tutorial because it right. really makes you they're like you're gonna fill this box properly before you move on which is great because it really forced me to understand how the game worked so it wasn't didn't take too long to like get into it and it is really satisfying to make those like little pixel pictures like once you like solve something and there's a lot of um, options for helping you puzzle solve there's like color coding there is autocorrect and there's um, one other thing hints and stuff hints yeah Yeah. Um, there's also a feature where you can have it like will randomly give you two of the answers like you can do all that stuff um, and that's really helpful I actually find autocorrect to be the least helpful though for learning because you won't know what you did wrong Mm. you'll just get the answer and keep moving kind of like cheating at school not that I think that is like cheating but like you know mm-hmm. in terms of learning the game um it's probably better not to use that one yeah um but i do keep the color code hints on there you know? I, yeah i really i really love picross s3 i it, mm-hmm. like the thing is it's weird because uh, these games are cheap they're like 10 bucks each i'm gonna get it um, i've never played a picross yeah, oh you should it's i think you really like it um but like in terms of like you know seismic shifts between each installment that's not really a thing here like the menus are almost exactly the same mm-hmm. the music's exactly the same the the graphics the layout everything and if you did this with any other game franchise it'd be like oh you mm. sons of <laughs> i don't <laughs> like, know i think there's plenty i mean just dance doesn't have crazy changes each year but yeah you know, it's a little New bit more song. Yeah. yeah like it's more of the same but that's that's what people want from big cross no sure. that's the thing like i actually like i I don't care that it mm-hmm. doesn't reinvent the wheel because it doesn't need to. It gives me new puzzles every year for 10 bucks and they are so like wonderfully cathartic at the end of a long day to sit down and just like watch a TV show and just like poke away at some squares and solve a puzzle yeah, and use just that like, little chime and then it zooms out mm-hmm. and they're like, it's a potted plant. Yeah, it's like, really cute. Great. It's fun too trying to someone guess what the image is going to be. I'm yeah. Like, I'm like, is this a face? Is mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's the bottom of someone's boot. I had no idea. Yeah, they added a new, so this is like one of Pear's games of, uh, mm-hmm. favorite games, franchises of all time. So we're, it's actually, we're sort of doing a disservice to be talking about it without him because he, he can tell you all of like the nitty gritty about how they, 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 the, you know, nerfed the grid or whatever. But the new thing in this game is that they added this like color pick cross, which he was talking to me about the other day is like really tough. Um, but there's mm-hmm. also clip pick cross, which is basically when you solve puzzles, you'll get a piece of another puzzle that you do in mm-hmm. another mode that opens up this whole extra thing. And then there's mega pick cross, which I fundamentally do not understand. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then also, and I've also been playing Dino's 
Ding Dong XL. Uh, I just started playing that. Uh, it's pretty fun. I'm having mm-hmm. a good time with it. It's super cheap. So it's like simple. 99 cents. So brilliant. You're just tossing yeah. a, a little ball back and forth. One button t- controls, and you're just trying to not get hit because when you get hit, you explode and die. Yep. And that's you start over. over. Yeah, yeah, and you get just points, and you just rack up the points, and there's Fine. fun unlocks. Cool. Yeah, you can get the IGN logo. They have kind of funny logo. They have like Jared Petty. Jared Petty's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Miller's dog is in there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Portillo. 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 Yeah, um, so that's really fun and super cheap. Like it's so cheap that like just get it. Like just, just yeah. get just. And great. if you want to rack up as many points as possible, you can go in dual mode and then give a friend the other Joy-Con. You can both control. That's crazy the talk. You're talking time. crazy. And just get ton of points. Oh, cool. I didn't. I didn't know that because I, I oh. played the game a bunch when it came to iPhone. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like totally fun, pass the time on the bus kind of, kind of game. But mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a dual mode for Switch. That's crazy. Yeah. Gotta yeah. rein these people in. <laughs> and then the too much very power. last thing I'm playing that like my brother had suggested is Gunman Clive HD Collection. Yeah, those like games a, are cool. Just like an old platformer. Um, it, at first I wasn't into it. Like I played it on my bus ride to work. Um, because the character moves like super slow. Mm-hmm. But um. It's it's just enjoyable and the art style is gorgeous. It's kind of like this old like drawn kind of like like sepia tones. Like it just looks very like unique. It's um, like hand drawn cowboy Mega Man. Yeah, and um and it's but it's easy. Um, at least so far it's been easy. I don't know yeah. if it's and it has like three modes: it's easy, normal, and, and hard. Um and it's just like it's not like a crazy well designed platformer. It's not like a crazy like shooter, but it just kind of does both. Okay, mm-hmm. it's pretty short, so it's kind of like do you like platformers and you just want something you can get through really quick? That's kind of amusing they're like, super cheap yeah. too it's a couple bucks it's like three it's like or four bucks for bucks like maybe yeah, and you for get the like whole two set. games um that's mm. the same uh person who created mech extermination force which mm-hmm. we talked about recently on yeah. the show um you should check that one out when you're done oh, cool. with these because i think that they have a lot of similarities yeah so the theme is like cheap quick chill games yeah sweet yeah i started playing uh dragon's dogma and spent way too long on the character creators again but nice. what i what i like that game that's i asked casey the same thing yeah yeah Cause like, what'd she tell you? <laughs> well, she said that it's I know she's definitely. Right here. Well, go ahead. It, you t- it, definitely, it definitely feels a little. Bit Hang dated, on, I'll talk but about it. It is uh, dated, <laughs> <laughs> but it is dated. But um, it's one of those. I think if you like action RPGs and really enjoy the gimmick where you can actually grab onto monsters and debilitate them based on where you're attacking them, and you like that kind of combat, you can look past the datedness and really enjoy it. I think the story is really interesting and the different classes that you can create in the pawn system is really cool. Um, it kind of gives you it gives you a feel that you're like you're playing a multiplayer game when mm-hmm. you're not. Because like you have other people in your party that are supporting you and um, it's cool. I, I like, like that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like uh, like one of the first fights in the game you're fighting a chimera and to disable its magic spells you have to attack the goat first or to like the, what what goat? A, a Say more about this goat. What is a chimera? It's a, chimera. Uh, it's a creature made of three different mm-hmm. creatures. So it's a, a lion, goat, and a snake. Oh, tail. Uh, so the three most really terrifying aspect. creatures. Um, and then we fought like an an ogre or giant or something. And if you cling onto its leg, it's you immobilize it and it can't move while you're on its leg like that. Oh. So all the creatures have different kind of weaknesses and and interesting points like that. So I think that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And um, I also started playing Box Boy and Box Girl. Yeah, um, me too. Co-op, and I love it. It's super cute. It's so easy, but I don't mm-hmm. care. It's yeah. like really charming, and it's got that um, sort of snipper clips effect when yeah. you play it with someone and you're just yelling stupid things at each other. Yeah, and you can unlock really funny like fashion accessories, like mm-hmm. bunny ears and fish lips, yeah. and it's just stupid, and I love it. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. really fun. It's a, just a cute little game where you have a limited number of boxes you can like create from your own box person. And you have to create platforms to get through yeah. obstacles. Do you think it's as fun playing alone? Or is it kind of like you kind of want the co-op for I that? I think you'd want the co-op. I haven't played by myself Because I, I played it. I played the original Box Boy on 
3DS mm-hmm. and I, I it was good, but I didn't really like it and I can't really tell you why. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like maybe it didn't have and maybe that's what it was missing, like something that like an extra layer of charm, even though it's like the art is like really cute. Um and the puzzles are good, but like I just didn't feel anything for that game and I don't know why. I mean it's I think it's a very sort of aesthetically mundane inherently simple game i don't think it's like the most memorable thing in the world it's totally just like a serviceable decent at what it does it's not offensively bad it's not incredibly good it's just like yay it says the cost seems to add something though so yeah yeah yeah. that i think that makes it a little bit better because you can like climb on each other's heads and reach the magical collectibles and such what else have you been playing brian uh that was it mostly um picross and box boy and box girl so real quick i wanted to take a it's not. I'm calling it an appreciation break, but it's not really a break. But I just wanted to give some shout outs to people who've sent us some fan art recently. Um, Poncho Pilgrim on Twitter sent us this really cool Pixar um, pixel art oh. of. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm starting. You can just keep holding right. that pixel art of um, Brian, Zach, and Parent and I, and it's awesome. Um, I'm, I'll tweet it so you can find it on my Twitter at China KCD, and maybe I'll edit it in to this video. We'll see if you're beautiful right art. Now. Unfortunate timing. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, Zach. That's okay. He actually emailed me right after. He's like, oh, no, I just saw that Zach is sleeping like, right after he said it. Just crop him out. Did he have him on the like, end? You can just. Yeah. Or <laughs> no. just just tell it's anybody so just tell anybody that sees it that it's just another white guy with a beard and it'll totally no, work. You're no one your in this office jacket. looks like that. Yeah. And that's why I don't grow mine out all yeah. the way. It's very obvious that it, the pixel art is of you. It's true. It does look remarkably And remarkable. then I got a really nice yeah. letter from Leanne Slaughter. Um, Great amazing I don't, handwriting. Yeah, I tried to. So I tried to find you on Twitter or social media, and I had a hard time finding you because, as Zach is holding, if you are watching right now, she made these really awesome dragon egg wine glasses, and they both broke in shipping, and I'm so sad. And yeah, so I think I'm gonna get someone to fix them. Uh, Brian suggested the Japanese art of fixing them with gold gold leaf so yeah they to extenuate their yeah. their cracks i'm trying to figure Show them out that they have character yeah i'm trying Beauty to figure out a way to do it so that it's still it's moving um food safe because i want to right to drink yeah because that's the issue if you use like glue or something it is no longer or food safe just use roll the glue the dice. drink the wine get yeah, high go fine. crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. have a weekend go crazy if you drink enough wine you won't care that's not safe but, um, that's right. or if you eat enough glue in this card, um, Leanne says, your coworkers really seem to like ribbing you for all things dragon and dragon adjacent. I heard it mentioned so many times, I thought you might appreciate a pair of these dragon egg wine cups I made. Um, if they aren't your thing, please just throw them on a pyre somewhere, start a swear jar so everyone gives you a quarter each time they say the word dragons. Yo, if That's you adorable. did that, you would be filthy rich. I would be so rich. It's like, yeah. oh, you want to talk about this to me right now? So we did that to Jared Petty when he first started here. Ooh, he had a swear jar. What? Um, no. Yes. No, no, no. It was a. It was an apology jar. It was jar. an apology jar. Yeah. It was an, a swear jar that had the, so the word I'm sorry. Every time he apologized? Every time he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, sorry. He would take Ooh. some money and we put it in the jar. And after like a couple months, like we got pizza for the whole office. Oh, what? That's awesome. Yeah. That's so, that's so, just a wholesome swear jar. Well, almost the whole office. Some people didn't get it and the jar was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about the pizza. Then the more pe- okay. So it solves itself. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, it's time for question block. Hell yeah. It's game of the year. favorite game. Favorite game. Yes. Are you ready? I was born ready. So I chose this question from Matt Shearer because, I mean, we all saw the Sonic movie trailer last night. Brian wrote a very nice article about that. Thank you. Um, So 
Here's his message. It says, love the show. All your personalities bring something unique to the conversation and help reinforce my lifelong love of Nintendo. Thank you. Um, growing up with the NES and a Game Boy, I remember when movie companies used to incorporate video games as a regular part of their marketing plans. That trend has slowly died out with the exception of the Lego games. What movies or shows have you seen recently that would make fun Nintendo Switch games? My vote would be us. I'd love to go around scissor slashing some imposters in red jumpsuits. Yeah, Thanks. I was going to say Hereditary would be a great no, Nintendo Switch that's game. Wrong. Like, why would you like no uh, I mean yeah you're not wrong I will say I'm I will picturing say that now. everybody's saying that, <laughs> With like, that VR. we've talked about this a lot about how like oh they don't make movie games anymore but they do they just put them on mobile phones and mm. they're they're like match three puzzle games yeah and, or like uh, or casino games n- numbers go up games where you're tapping or you know like yep. things like that yeah like Jeremy Azevedo who uh, runs our video team here is hopelessly addicted to a marble Marvel mobile game that he plays every day and then locks more characters. Oh, he's got no. Red Hulk in there. He's got all kinds of guys. Yeah. Nice. Um, weirdly enough, like one of my favorite video games based on a movie of the last few years is the Mummy Demastered. Yeah, that was a really good one. Came to Switch. It's made mm-hmm. by WayForward, which like just an amazing pedigree. They've done a bunch of really cool two D games. Um, and that movie sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but the movie is bad. It's based on the Tom Cruise Mummy, which is a bad movie. Yeah, and the game was. But good. the game is great. The game is awesome. It's yeah. a Metroidvania. It's like pixel art. It's like it's like uh, dark darks. Like I know I, yeah. I'm gonna get, but like if your character dies, you have to go and fight a version of your previous character to get all your gear back. It's yeah, great. like basically like, like a, a mummy in the game will possess y- your stuff and you. Mummies all over that yeah, thing. They're everywhere. Um, so it's a it's a good time. So that's the thing is I guess like think outside of the box a little bit because it doesn't even have to be a good movie to make for a good game mm-hmm. um but it sucks that we don't have that we don't have that era anymore so then what movie good. do you have Oof, man. that you died for the course show you did not. i did yeah thank you thanks for catching me there <laughs> um somebody else go so i can think okay. i am i am like weirdly excited for the stranger <laughs> things game like i think that that game looks oh. kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah it's just like a weird goof troop like beat em up I'm like i'll play that that seems fun. Can be fun um the first thing that came thanks. to mind <laughs> it could be fun sure yeah, it can be fun why not why not okay uh the first thing that came to mind not really a creative at all but it's just the first thing i thought of would be um like an oceans fmv game which is basically just oceans again but then you could have all these different choices for like how the like plot like runs out um i like fmv games actually like i played late shift on switch and i love that game it's so good the choices are so fun it's honestly just a really high quality like of adjacent to the visual novel genre and like i have gotten so many people to play that game and it's it's awesome and cool. i still champion it so i feel like doing a game that lends itself well to different decisions especially like and i think this is really it would be in line with like you know we saw like netflix had bandersnatch and they have that um you versus wild mm-hmm. and like i think that stuff's kind of campy and fun and i would love to see stuff like that on switch especially it can be handheld you can dock it so it just lends itself really well to those kind of things if you also if you haven't played you versus wild if you specifically Brian oh, yeah. haven't played you versus wild on Netflix you it, have to we should no, play it after this goddamn hoot like yeah. is it really oh, no, I just to. tried to it's, ruin his life it's so bad it's so funny because like you can always choose like the worst option and Bear Grylls is just like okay and like, <laughs> yeah you cannot <laughs> it's amazing spoilers you cannot kill him in it I was really hoping to see like a, a tragic Laura Croft death like cut even you know but that didn't happen um but yeah i played that with um isaiah from the a, office i made him eat a bird's egg yeah just raw it was great. yeah yeah i had him like i'm like uh, this is like the first i've he- i haven't heard anybody I had, talk yeah, about so, this so this, this is, is awesome. like so like barely games but like kind of gamey you versus wild yeah you versus wild is um like in basically you can play as you know 
like bear with his last name? Thank you. Um, you can like play as him, and then you, you're trying to like go through these like adventures and quests. Like he's like, I'm trying to give this medicine to like the other side of the forest, and he's like, should we take the dangerous thing with the alligators or the the sketchy path? Like and you have to pick adventure. it. It's great. Yeah, and every now and then, and you can fail the mission, and then have to start like back at the point of failure. But it's pretty great. Um, and basically, my goal was to just ruin his life, and mm-hmm. I was just like, what's the most dangerous? I'm like, let's go paragliding, and you know, it was just it was it was just fun and campy and cute, and it's pretty short. So, yeah, that's on Netflix, which is not on Switch. Port Netflix to Switch, please. Oh, yeah, that's I just That's what I want on Switch, Netflix. Um, yeah. Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah, that, I think that movie that they already should, has They should game. finally announce this. Um, <laughs> one of the ones the I was movie, thinking about. The game based on the movie that's based on the game. We did yeah. once just get Street Fighter, Street Fighter the movie, the, the game. Movie, if the Ratchet game. and Clank can do it. It's true. Yeah. Lots of people do that. That can yeah, happen. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, one of the ones I thought of is Mandy. Has, has anyone That'd seen be a that good movie? one? Yeah, that's Manny crazy. is a Nicolas Cage uh, sort of like seventies action horror revenge movie, um, and it is just this like horrifically bloody, violent good time. It is pulpy as hell, uh, and it would be a really awesome sort of action platformer beat him up where he has a chainsaw. That'd be good. And does killing. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go anime with my answer. <laughs> but um, my favorite anime, one of my favorite anime from last season, is called my that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, and it's about a Japanese guy that gets reincarnated as a really powerful slime in a fantasy world. And the way he progresses his strength is by defeating other monsters and eating them, and then he takes their abilities. So he eats a a venomous snake. He now has like venomous thing attack so like Mega Man or Kirby yeah but it's permanent oh. he permanently has these abilities and oh. everything he eats he can now shapeshift into those creatures as well and in the nice. anime he's like also Monster Boy <laughs> in the anime it's he's probably like also um, building a town with monsters that live in the forest so it's like t- it would be town building plus like rpg progression through battle so like and making dragon quest builders and making yeah and like making political connections with nearby countries oh, i want this game right? yeah this is I, nuts i want it i want that that is i appreciate the game that, that you I thought want. through like what the gameplay looked like that's awesome well because i was watching the anime i was like this would be an amazing game i want to play this i want to be a super powerful slime that makes his own country and creates political um alliances and so like you know, president simulator yeah but you're a slime and cool. can transform into a dragon and so better than what president things. simulator would be for us <laughs> no i will not i will not put a quarter put in. a quarter in the no. dragon jar <laughs> we can't we have to repair the dragon jar oh, oh yeah true. we got to prepare it first um but that's the game i want based on a tv show sweet um but real quick i guess that's it yeah, we're out of time, all, huh? Uh, yeah, that's about all the time we have. Bummer. Yeah. So, hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening and or watching NVC on IGN. You can catch us every Thursday at 3 p.m. on IGN.com or YouTube.com or any of your preferred podcasting platforms. Mm-hmm. Zach, where, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at ZacharyasD. I'm also on Twitter at ShinyKCD. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Gameonesis. I'm on Twitter at Agent Bizzle, and I'm on Instagram at Brian Altano. All right, and that's about it. Thank you so much for watching NBC. And remember, this is the only place you can get, get the, the thing. thing. Get it.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.